You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 27. I gotta edit it. Right off the no. bat. <laughs> you, you guys can't hear the song anyway, so just pretend you're, pretend you're rocking. Oh, yeah. I, 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 got, I completely I got. agree. Good. I concur. Hey, it's Wednesday again, and welcome to this thing we like to call 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm J.G. Jones. No, you're not. What? You're you're the you're the vast Get back to work, God damn it! You're, you're the you're the vastly criminally horribly underrated Jason Wood. Ah, nice. That's not what you had to say on the forums today. Well, that's my forum. Yeah. I took that mask off for the podcast. It's just right. just me now. That's a facade. That's just you know. That's yeah. That two different people right there. Yeah, I really could be JG Jones. Though. I have plenty of time on my hands. You've been, you've been posting on the forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com, by I, the way. You've been posting a lot lately. Uh, i got to keep keep my mind off of the market some way. Yeah, that's true. Well, just don't look at it. Well, then you well, won't be able to do your job. Yeah, exactly. I still, I, you know, I still like J.G. Jones, and um, I love his art. And his statement, it was quick, concise, to the point, apologetic, didn't get personal. I thought it was fine. That's right. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. Way to go, J.G. Yes, he was probably sitting down when he said it, but he's a stand-up dude. Yeah, I probably got yeah. the uh, the biggest compliment of uh, of my week was when uh, I replied to that uh, thread and uh, Caters replied saying, uh, thanking me for saying what he was just about to say. So Yeah, where'd that come from? I was like, what? We're on Bizarro Planet now. I know, Cause, right? Because Tom is complimenting Wood. I know. <laughs> Mike Norton is Twittering about how our show is the most maddeningly entertaining show because he wants to smash his screen every other time we say something, but Yeah, he, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, well, guys, um, you know what? You don't live in the same fucking town as him, so, <laughs> you know, there's a certain fear factor there for me. Oh. <laughs> You're not a baby. He won't eat you. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, here we are again. What, what's going on, people? Um, well, speaking of Norton, there's um, there's this... There's, there's the... <laughs> no, I just, I just want to. I, I want to. 
I want to relay the story. Do it. There's the there's this theater in in Chicago that plays like classic movies. It's it's called the Music Box, and Hank, who you guys know through uh, through the other show, had uh, contacted or uh, dropped by whenever we were recording AC, and um, and was telling me and Norton that they're playing The Godfather Two at the music box. So we all got together earlier in the week and uh, went and saw Godfather 2. On the big screen. In, yeah, in a, in a theater, brand nice. new, brand new print of it. And I tell you what, I know that I know that there are a lot of people out there that whether they want to admit it or not, have never seen Godfather or Godfather 2 right. um, or haven't seen it in years like I hadn't. If you haven't seen that in a long time, Rewatch The Godfather 2 because it is really a masterpiece of a film. We had so much fun watching it, and especially in a theater, it, it kind of freaked us out because uh, there was an intermission. I haven't been to a movie in a long time that had an intermission. <laughs> wow, last movie I went to with, that had an intermission was um, Dune. That's yeah. how long ago. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Movies with intermissions are—it's just—it's just odd. But man, The Godfather 2 is such a good movie. Yeah, I live that. That's my family buddy <laughs> you you laugh is that your doorbell it plays the theme to the godfather movie <laughs> <laughs> well a little bit of a carryover from last week because because now we have mr Wood here again which nice. is cool i am once again drinking arrogant bastard ale i have developed a taste for this stuff it is very good and i've decided you can't just say arrogant bastard ale you have to really push the bastard part of it so it's arrogant bastard ale say it Say bastard. It. Oh, bastard. bastard. Oh, and now say it like pirates. Our bastard. Oh, very nice. Now say it like Demetrios Stratus. You don't know who that is. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, this week, um, I'm running behind on my Comic Shots article um, because I'm doing this whole convention thing. Um, so tonight, I, uh, yeah. I can't, I've been drinking all night. I was out uh, drinking Belgian beers and, and eating eating mussels and, and hanging out. With <laughs> <laughs> Love mussels? Uh, no. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, but I uh, came home and I'm, uh, I've been drinking a lot of gin martinis lately. I've, I've, I've developed, all of a sudden, I've developed a taste for gin and I've a uh, good uh, Bombay Sapphire. There you uh, go. Uh, dirty martini up with uh, blue cheese stuffed olives. I love blue cheese. Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm gonna boot. So, so good, oh, Mr. Wood. I'm keeping it real, y'all. I'm drinking Jameson Irish whiskey straight up. Not fancy, but gets the job done. I'm gonna be doing a um, uh, a Jameson Irish whiskey drink a little bit later in uh, in the probably late fall, early uh, early winter. Uh, I. Uh, that's my that's my winter drink is a hot toddy. Wait a minute, no. you're doing uh, you going to do Scrooge McDuck for comic shots? Is that what this is? Or maybe that we we, we could do that. But have, come on, man, have you ever had a hot toddy in the middle of winter? I, I make them for me all the time. I actually have had one. Uh, yes, I have had had them. Oh, yes, it's a wonderful winter drink. So, yeah. and you got to make it with that Jameson Irish whiskey. So, uh, Mister Mister Price, what are you drinking? I am uh, finishing off the Smirnoff triple distilled vodka that I have in the house by adding a little bit of Dr. Pepper to it. You the man. <laughs> Try that with Mr. Pibb. Pib. Dr. Pepper. Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb. That's Pib. all right. I'll, I have Mr. Pibb when I go to restaurants and they're not good enough to have Dr. Pepper. Did Did you notice oh, I, was, sure. I was not baited by Mr. Wood with his Scrooge McDuck comment? Yes. I will not you're a strong baited. man. That's right. <laughs> Chris, what um, are you drinking? 
Beard. I'm, I'm having the Jim Martini. Oh, that's right. Yes. This this arrogant. Pay attention, host. No, I was I was stunned by the Scrooge McDuck comment, but this this <laughs> arrogant another, bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another aneurysm for you tonight. I know. The arrogant <laughs> bastard has, like I said last week, seven point two percent alcohol. I got another beer in the same trip that has eight point like Ooh. eight or eight. It's like eight or nine percent alcohol. I'm gonna drink that next week. But so what's gonna, the? Uh, no, I'm not gonna tell you so what it is. Okay. Have you tried? Have you tried it yet? No. All right, so you don't so you don't know what the mouthfeel is like. No, 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 and and there's no lacing involved. <laughs> Somebody last week, I forget who it was, and I'm very sorry, put a link to that another beer made by the people that make this arrogant bastard, and it was a bunch of reviews of beers, and 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 they were basically all parroting each other, saying that oh, this beer has a wonderful mouthfeel and it's very elegant <laughs> lacing on the bot. Like, what the hell are you talking about? If you use those words in, in relation to beer, you should just be, like, kicked in the nuts. It's wrong. Uh, I, uh, we're, we're at, uh, there's this bar in Chicago called the Hop Leaf, and it's a ton of beers on tap. It's, it's, it's a great bar in the Andersonville neighborhood. And I was out um, tonight with uh, Jim Nelson and uh, Jason Mullane and Hillary Barda. And Jim wanted me to make sure and say hi to everyone because I had to get up and leave from, from the bar. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, uh, dude, I, I got to go home and do 11 o'clock. He's like, oh my God, yeah, it's Wednesday. So Jim Jim Nelson listens cool. uh, every, every hi, Jim. week and, and nice. loves, the, loves the show. Jim? Um, Jim, for people that don't know, Jim's done some, I think, some limited comic work, but he's more widely known. He's one of the um, uh, one of the primary artists for uh, Magic: The Gathering playing cards. Yep, he does. Awesome. He does. A, he does a lot of that artwork. But a big comic book fan, and so we were talking. All I, I'm all I'm all keyed up for stuff because we were arguing back and forth. We were talking yeah. Grant Grant Morrison and All Star Superman and I was arguing with, with Hillary Barta about like story length and and um, we got into it about Bendis and um, Alex Nino got a great Alex Nino story for you later. So oh, yeah. Nice. So, mm-hmm. I, wait, you 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 have something what, what would you have against Bendis? Oh, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> yeah, speaking I, of the form, I'm sorry, Vince. Yes, um, I would just like to say a big old happy birthday to Gordomatic today. Oh. And like, we can't forget we can't forget Citizen Dave earlier in the oh, week. No, earlier in the Who week, else? Yeah. Was there anybody else that I'm forgetting? Right, make me go to the calendar. Yeah. I don't even know where the calendar is on the damn form. Form.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Uh, oh, well, last, last Wednesday, we didn't mention uh, Matt. Jacob Rusoff. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. See, we're, we're, we're negligent in our duties. Yeah. So, we, well, we're just, to y'all. That's right. We're all just one big old stinky happy family. I wouldn't wish y'all happy birthday. I wasn't here, though. You weren't that's, here last week? Oh. <laughs> no, man. You guys held down the fort for me, though. Yeah, we nice. brought the heat. Apparently. We brought the heat. We missed you terribly. Real, real quick. Yeah, you just get down. My, my little. My, I, I just wanted, because we forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention it last week. The traffic report has grown to not only be about trades or collected editions or comics or sequential art. It's uh, it's grown into games, console games, movies, music, and prose books, novels, things like huh. that. So we have Lala. pretty much. Yeah. We just need women now. Can we get a, a thing for women? Uh, you got Michelle. Yeah, who I work with now. Again. You know Again? Her, right? Awesome. Yeah, she's back. Yep. Excellent. Dad her hair black. Wow. Back yeah. in black. Pretty cool. 
All right, so there we go. We got everything out of the way. Now we can jump headfirst into the comic talk. And I'm not going to start, but I will say one thing. I've always held Morrison up on a, mm-hmm. really? a, ped- a pedestal. Pedestal, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was kind of let down this week by one of his uh, comics. Final Crisis? No. In my world. No, um, no the, not Final the, Crisis. The, the... No, the Submit. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. the, the Yeah, Final Crisis Submit with Black Lightning. Oh, didn't read uh, it, so. Well, let's just go. Come on. Somebody else start. I just want to touch on, um, you mentioned Alex Nino's story. I was catching up on some reading this week. I was pretty behind on some things, and in my stack was the first issue of Dead Ahead. Yay. There you go. And it was terrific. Uh, I can't wait for the uh, the second issue to come out. It was uh, good, solid zombie storytelling, uh, and uh, Alex Nino art probably made a, a B story into an A comic. So it uh, to see him. Did you find the same problem that Vince had when it came to the lettering and things like that? Yeah, very much. In fact, um, I was reading it, and I I had forgotten that you guys talked about it, and I was literally like holding the comic up to the light at like different <laughs> angles, almost like a hologram, trying to figure out what the hell it was saying. And all of a sudden, like by the third or fourth page, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, Vince, this is the comic Vince was talking about. But yeah, it was very hard to read the, the, the lettering, so that that's spot on. But the artwork in and of itself was, was a, a sight to behold. Awesome. All right. Real quick, my Alex Nino story. That y'all y- y- know that we've been putting together this convention. It's going to be in Chicago on on this Saturday, the Windy City Comic Con. And part of doing conventions is promoting them, so people will show up, right? Yes, I mean, that's kind yeah. of an important thing. It's actually having people show up. Um, I find out tonight that uh, two weeks ago in like Chicago Heights, there was a little a little con. You know, it's one of these little hotel. You know ballroom cons or lobby cons. Oh, I missed those. Um, yeah, Alex Nino. Didn't know about it. He was there? Yeah. Didn't wow. know about it. Oh, man. To- total, totally unpromoted. D- had no idea. D- I mean, come on. I- I'm I'm on two podcasts a-, a-, a week. I read every freaking comic book blog in the world. I'm in the comic book shop probably twice a week. And for there to have been a show in the Chicagoland area where Alex Nino was at, and for you, you would have had to tried for me to not find out about it. Yeah. And there's had no excuse. No idea, had no idea about it. Oh and man. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm sick about it. I would be too. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool if if you asked him to come to to your convention, even though it was like two weeks away, and he stayed at your house for like two weeks? Oh my god. <laughs> I I'd be like touching him in his sleep, you know? <laughs> oh, Alex Nino's in my house. <laughs> Take his blood. Try to clone him. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> fucking misery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I'm gonna have to break your fucking ankles. Oh, you think he- sure Alex had good mouth feel? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no idea where where he lives or if he's from uh, you know I mean obviously he's from the Philippines but I don't even know if he lives in the in the states now or what he was doing here or what the show was but I was just I was I was shocked that he was here at a show and I had no idea about it and and from the person uh, the person that, that told me about it said that yeah there was like nobody there. Oh no! Yeah. See, see, that's uh, very disheartening because yeah. I haven't heard too many instances where Alex Nino would actually do a comic show, and for him to make the effort and then get very little return on it, that would kind of squelch future appearances. I think he was which, he was uh, New York last year or two years ago, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of New York, are we all going to New York this year? No, nope. you're not going. 
No, it's I've been there. I've been there the the last two years. And New York and Feb. I, I I really enjoy New York. New York in February, not so much. Too cold mm. for you. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. Excellent. So maybe we'll go out to dinner uh, when you guys come to town. Sounds good. I figure, good. I figure you all told me to go to hell with the Windy City Comic Con, so I'm not going to. Oh, stop! Oh, <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be one of my best friends' weddings, man. So, so Wood, what else you got? Uh, what else I got? Let's see. Um, caught up on House of Mystery. Good stuff. Uh, no complaints there. Oh, kind of have mixed feelings on some news. I figure you guys do as well because it, it features a book and an artist that we seem to always talk about. Um, so Remender, Rick Remender has been doing a lot of work at Marvel um, in conjunction with his creator-owned stuff, as, as you guys are well aware. And I guess it's now official. He's been co-writing Punisher War Journal with Fraction. I guess they're going to relaunch Punisher uh, with a new number one. He will be the writer, uh, and his artist will be none other than Jerome Opeña, cool. who is absolutely phenomenal on Fear Agent. And at first I was really excited because I think that it's great that Opeña is going to get uh, a much broader exposure. I mean, obviously, being on a Punisher book is going to get a lot more eyeballs aware of his talents than than I think are reading Fear Agent. But Chris pointed out the, I guess, the caveat to that, which is that this probably can't means at least... Both. Yeah, to an extent, he, he probably can't do them both, at least not six-issue runs consecutively. So I guess that means we may see, be seeing less or, or none of Opeña on Fear Agent, which would be the suck. So yeah. kind of ambivalent, although I think for his... Just for wanting to see the guy successful, I think this is certainly a really good thing because, you know, I think, obviously, Opeña is going to... This is only going to do wonders for his career to be on a... You know, on a, a relaunch of a of a pretty high profile mainstream yeah, book. So. Maybe maybe at one point in the future he might be able to work on a book as good as Fear Agent. Yeah, well, exactly. But I mean, at any <laughs> point in time, yeah. Look, well, we all love Fear Agent, and we've I mean, we've raved about it week in week out. But again, I think to be fair, I also since the guy is so darn good, I, I want to see him be successful at his chosen career. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. doing a Punisher book, even if it's for you know six, eight, twelve issues, is gonna I think I'm, do wonders. I'm, I'm for happy career. for him. I'm sad for comics. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm selfishly sad that if it means he's not on Fear Agent, but I'm happy, like you said, for him. Mm-hmm. And for Remender, yep. too, because obviously this is his first mm-hmm. solo work that will be an ongoing, I think, at one of the big two. He's done some, you know, a couple, couple arcs at DC and stuff with Booster Gold, but he hasn't really done a, um, he hasn't done a, you know, a Marvel standalone book yet, so it, it'll be good for him. I like the, uh, the Mike McCone homage cover to the first issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know how in the hell they're going to have the Punisher actually hurt the century, but if there's any way it actually is going to happen, I'll be. It'll be the best book out there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, think that maybe the Punisher is a little bit too saturated again in the in the marketplace? It's okay. Well, we have War Journal, which I'm not sure. It started off tied into Civil War. Then you had some. Then you had the the art by. By Olivetti, which had its good and its bad moments. You had the uh, the, yeah, the issue with uh, with Bucky, which was a nice nice fill, uh, nice break between arcs. Yeah, but I'm uh, talking about in terms of the Punisher as no, a character. I, I, Do we really need all this Punisher? Well, what's what, what's what's all this? There's there's the Max title, which yeah. is definitely not for kids. There is the there's this title, which is more tied into the six one six. I don't know if this means that War Journal is ending. Yeah, and okay, so yeah, Warjano is ending, ending. So we're gonna we're gonna have two main ongoings, and then for a few weeks we're gonna have the Enos Dillon 
six issues and that'll be over before it's gone. You know, you'll have you'll have the max one shots like the Xmas special and things like that, but he's not um by the way, um written by Jason Aaron, so it'll be yeah, awesome. That's right. Um yeah, it's no, a little too I, much for me, I think. Too, not that any, too, too not that anyone can for the Punisher? Yeah. It, it, in in terms of the character, like what can you do with the Punisher? Take well, away his, it's, his it's guns and he's just another wacko. Dennis, Garth Ennis just did 60 issues of... Okay, yeah, that's great. Some, but that's, some of the that's, best comics that have been coming out in the last... That's on, that's on the fringe of the 616. That's not, now, he's, now we're seeing him interact with the Marvel heroes again. I'm thinking back to the days when he was on Peter, in Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, or even his, you know, his old ongoings where Daredevil or the X-Men might show up. But yeah. we, haven't, we haven't seen him interact with the Marvel heroes in a while. Not since Civil War. And before then, the God knows how long. So yeah, yeah so it was, it's, it was years. So he can, he's, he'll still have the max title where he can, you know, balls to the wall and do all that. But we haven't, you know, now he'll be knee deep in, uh, in capes and cowls. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's I'm not a big fan of Punisher in 616. I, it's like Max was, was tailor made for Punisher. Mm-hmm. You mean because it, he's a killer and they can't really let him kill a lot of people in? <laughs> Yeah, it, the the character just doesn't work in in, in a superhero universe. Um, he's, I mean, even in even in the regular six one six universe, he's got a, a a death toll of thousands. And I'm I, I'm sorry, but they're gonna hunt him down. And in in a superhero saturated world that character couldn't logically exist he just he doesn't he doesn't work i maybe you know right now i'm but, just picturing caters listening to this being like stop talking about what logically works it's yeah it's i know it's 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 suspension <laughs> of disbelief absolutely and that's one of the things about about marvel which was different for a really long time from dc is that you know marvel um, it doesn't work in absolutes like um, white DC does. There's a lot more, you know, absolute powers, and the the power scale in um, in DC is is much higher than it is in Marvel. So so Punisher, I think, did work for a long time. Doesn't seem to work as as well now as he did, you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years ago. You know, I don't know if you agree with that or not. In well, in my opinion, he's just a one-dimensional character. If if you wanted the Punisher with all the trimmings, you get Daredevil. I mean, they 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 both have that tortured past and they both had losses, but the Punisher's idea of changing things is just to kill people. Where whereas you have Daredevil, who's a much more believable character. Yes, not not talking about the 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 radar sense and everything. But I don't I'm just, know. I, I'm I, talking I, about I the think, guilt. I, Forget that. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Frank has a code that that is it, it works on we, a few different. We saw it in the last arc with Enos. You know, no one who no one who wears a uniform. You can't. You you cannot. He will not kill a soldier. You can send servicemen after him. He will put his gun. He may not go peacefully. He'll 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 uh, offer something to. Uh, He'll, it's I, I'm looking for the words I can't think of it, but it was in in the last in the last arc that Enos wrote. They figured that okay, well he Valley won't. Forge arc? Yes, the Valley Forge arc. Valley he, Forge. he won't. You know, you'll send servicemen after him. You'll send the arm. You know, people who wear the uniform, Marines especially, and and he will not. He will not shoot to kill. That's great. That's that's very admirable. Well, uh, I mean the. 
and, and normally I would agree with you, Vince, but the that Max run, those 60 issues, that character became very three-dimensional. And Be, because of the writer. But yes, I, I'm just saying, sure. well, yeah. it, the, the template for the Punisher is writer, very... A good writer can make any character... Oh, I agree. Have sure. yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I just don't buy in the, in, a, in the comic book world that there's such a thing as a bad character. I just think you have to put them in the right situation. I do think there are characters where it's very, very difficult to sustain an ongoing because, again, there's only so many things you can do with them. Um, I'm not sure that Punisher isn't in that category necessarily. Uh, maybe he is. But at the same point in time, I have to say, we at least, I think, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in mind because, again, all jokes aside, I think they're the idea of him targeting the century, you know, talk about suspension of disbelief. The century is theoretically, you know, the, the second most powerful being in the 616. And obviously, Punisher is just a, a normal dude, human dude. So the notion that they're going to try and credibly tell a story where he can actually hunt him down intrigues me because it'll have to be some pretty solid writing for that to happen. Um, well, Batman you know. took out Superman. I was going to say it's. I was going to make that analogy, right? I mean, Batman and uh, you know pulls out the kryptonite ring and takes him down. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably say that's silly, but it's believable because you believe that Batman is smart enough to have that contingency plan. So we'll see. The the, the, sen- the Sentry is the perfect example of why characters with huge power scales don't work in the Marvel. Yeah, universe. which which is why I'm hoping that he does find a way to take him out. That would be great. What a way to start off the the next phase of the Marvel Universe post-Secret Invasion actually take, take out a character that pretty much is universally hated and doesn't really serve a purpose other than to be the Superman analog, right? So, Yeah, the whiny, emo Superman analog. Yeah, analog. That, yeah. Um, the whiny, that's the only way they've been able to depower him is to make him a, a, a fucking pussy. Basket case, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, well, DC seems to be taking note that the uh, Marvel's Punisher books are, are moving fairly well because we have the Vigilante coming back, yes, for at least, at least a miniseries. Maybe we'll get lucky and they'll do a Law Dog miniseries. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> is, 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 Alan, is Alan Moore writing Vigilante? No. Oh, okay. No. Who's writing it? Um, it's not, is it Wolfman? Marvel Wolfman's yeah. writing it? I, think? The, you, 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 I, you I can think that. You guys may not remember they they relaunched Vigilante about two years ago. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I remember it very well because I wasted the money on it. Yeah, uh-huh. you poor bastard. Uh, yeah, but, but, I, geez, it, it escapes me. Who wrote that? Hmm. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> who, who did write it? Was it Bruce, was it Bruce Jones? Yeah, no, it was Bruce, Bruce Jones. Jones. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't Judd Winnick. <laughs> uh-huh. If it was, it would have been the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what Judd Winnick wants to be when he grows up? Yes. What? What's that? Bruce Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, you you were talking about Judd Winnick on the yeah. forum, yes? Yeah, for those people who don't know what we're talking about, someone started a, uh, I forget who, if, if you guys remember, please let me know. Stick. Someone put, Stick, that's right. So Stick started a pretty interesting thread, uh, which was underrated, overrated. And, it, you know, people were just chiming in things they thought were overrated, things they thought were underrated. One of my underrateds was Judd Winnick, and that prompted Vince to have an aneurysm, David to uh, swear me off for all eternity, and Chris to uh, to uh, vehemently disagree with me. So I, I said tonight I was going to bring up that I, I make my case. I, I do not – I never made the case that Judd Winnick is a great comic book writer, but I genuinely believe – 
based on the stuff that I've read of his, that he is um, a very serviceable superhero storyteller. Uh, I enjoyed The Outsiders very much. I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Green Arrow, Black Canary. Uh, I enjoyed much of his Green Arrow run. So maybe I'm in the minority, but I think he is pretty much made fun of and hated by a lot of people, at least in the former community, and I think it's not deserved. <laughs> well, you, 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 he's I, not you underrated. Well, I think I, it's I, very because I think he's hated, and I think he's above average. The, the, I think he's better than fifty percent of keep people. Him work. How was he now, see this. This is what happens with a lot of writers and artists: is that they become extremely overrated, and then there reaches a tipping point where now people backlash against them. And Chuck Austin is a perfect example. And Chuck Austin was never as bad as a lot of people like to think Chuck Austin was. I don't know about that. <laughs> now, I mean, uh, I there, are, there, are, there are a lot of people that, that think that Chuck Austin never wrote a good story. And there were some good stories out there. But, yeah. but yeah. he was, but I, hey, man, he was, he was the hottest thing going. They, Marvel gave him the, you know, the keys to the kingdom. So there was a point where he was overrated. And then there is a tipping point where they become underrated because people think they're so bad. Judd Winnick came in with a lot of buzz, a lot of hype, I think was really overrated. And now he's catching a lot of flack. And he may be slightly underrated because he's catching a lot of hate. All right. What, one of the analogs from the old guard would be Claremont. Who, who was very in, funny in, you bring him up because Claremont succeeded Austin uh, on Uncanny in his second. Oh, his, okay. Because way back when, uh, Claremont was universally praised. And then his work, for whatever reasons, was perceived as not being as good as his quote golden age and then people started to move away from his stuff because I, because he, because he was rewriting his old stir- stories over and over again but again always Still. serviceable to a point where at least an enjoyable read if not a a above average excellent read there's always something to a claremont book where he at least puts an effort into it it may not be good but at least there's a certain level of enjoyment i think that's the same thing that Wood is saying about Winnick. Am, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I, I when I said it, I didn't really say it to. I didn't expect it to elicit the response. I, I guess I really viewed it as, to me, I think I think of Winnick as a guy that most people would say they don't like or are disappointed when they hear that he's on a book. And I, all I can say is, again, I didn't read any of his. Um, I never read his Batman stuff. Uh, so I can't really speak to that, but I first discovered him. Well, obviously, the, I knew him from the real world, but I first discovered him as a comic book writer from Exiles, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I from start to finish, and I enjoyed it very speaking much. Of, I thought speaking yeah. of Claremont, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, so I enjoyed Ex- Exiles, and then I didn't really even think of him again because I wasn't reading DC for you know back then, and then I started reading The Outsiders and thought that was decent, and then um, you know, like I said, I so I, I don't I don't there, think he's. Uh, You'll never hear me compare him to someone like Johns or you know Jason Aaron or someone like that. But I I think he's uh he's he's he deserves his paycheck, which I think is I can't say of at least half the books that the mainstream guys wow. are putting out. There, See, there's, I, a, I, there's a lot of Green Arrow fans out there that are screaming at their iPods right now. <laughs> that, that may be. I mean, look, I, I freely admit I don't. I'm not. You know, my experience with Green Arrow is in the last two years, so I I don't. You know, I, I can't say that they're right or wrong. I just uh, I don't have that long history with Green Arrow, such that I, you know, my first Green Arrow exposure was Winnick. So, 
Right. Now, I, I can't call him a bad writer because there, in my opinion, is no such thing, just like there's not a bad artist. There's something of merit to everyone's work, but there are certain artists and writers that click with me, and there are certain artists and writers that don't, and Winnick is one of those guys that I just <laughs> I just can't get him to click. I, I would like to. Uh, he, he was approaching that clickiness stage with the Red Hood stuff, mm-hmm. which I, I found very enjoyable, but then... The one year later, outsider stuff. Oh, it was unfathomable. I, I, really? I just couldn't. I couldn't even yeah. get through it. Yeah, there, there, there wasn't much one year later anything that worked. Correct. Yeah, very that's well. true. So. Green Arrow one year later was decent, but but then they went and that was and more five, in terms five of issues the art. Later, they went and showed you what happened over the year. It was that the end of the, from from one year later to the end of the art, to the end of the series. It was just it. It was going downhill very quickly. Yeah, I it, thought they it, they were trying to wrap it up. The only one uh, year later I really liked was Shadow Pact. Yeah, that was a very good. I, 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 yeah, it was about the only one that Great I was like, oh, okay, Chris. How could anything with Blue Devil be bad? There you go. Who's doing? Uh, was that Willingham? Mm-hmm. Um, the first four were Willingham, and then I think someone else came on towards the end. Was it uh, Sturgis? No. Yes. Stur- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those guys are just like peanut butter and jelly anymore, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, Sturgis is, you know, his. His protege, much like uh, what Sterling Gates is, John's protege, right? So, oh, which by the way, um, Vince, I fucking hate you. You hate me? All right, yeah. what I do? Um, I added Supergirl to my free yeah. poll list tonight. Did I? T- I told you it was very God, good, wasn't it? Dang, was that a good issue? Yes, it had everything. Yeah, I added it too, actually, but mainly because I gotta give some love to Jamal. You know, I like Jamal. Yeah, personal friend. You know, he's friendly, so I. I I was uh, he was on the Raging Bullets this past week and uh, talking about the book and stuff. So he's friendly. <laughs> yes, he's he a friendly dude. He's a very amicable man. I'll buy no, he really books. is though. He's very. I mean, uh, he's always super nice. He remembers he at comms. I mean, he remembers. Oh me. yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. I mean, he's not. There's a lot of artists in art. I think is is uh, you know is just genuinely nice. Uh, Reminds me of uh, Steve Bryant. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I I really like Steve a lot. Yes. I, I I threw him on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Whatever that. Tweet stream tweet is yeah the tweet stream and and he always says uh, he always uh, sends things out that I would uh, I'm very interested to read unlike some other people that just talk about numbers and money and <laughs> yeah. I, whatever dude I, I didn't ask you to follow me <laughs> <laughs> I would follow you anywhere but you know the one thing Marty and I were talking about this today Twitter would be very uh, much more serviceable if it would let you search for someone by keyword. Like yeah. if if I typed in X Men and I wanted to see all the guys who were interested in X Men, you can't do that. You have to either have their name or their email address, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah, that'll be the next generation of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I I I'm hooked on the Twitter since David told me about the damn thing. Yeah, love we'll 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 those tweets. Yeah, they're good. Hey, I got that. Um, wait, before we move on, I just want to because I looked up Chuck Austin because I really couldn't remember much about what he wrote other than. Avengers. Machine. So you better yeah, watch so out. You and everyone okay. else. So I have here the, uh, who who preceded him and who succeeded him in all of his his major runs. Uh, it's I think Johns suffer- and Bendis. Yeah, I was going to say I think he suffers from the fact that he's been sandwiched in between some pretty kind, kind of lame duckish almost. Yeah. So on Uncanny, can anyone remember who he was preceded by? Oh, okay. Let me see. Morrison. Claremont. Well, he no, was okay. No. So. He was preceded by Morrison on his second run of X Men. There was a he. He was the writer on Uncanny from two thousand two to two thousand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because he had like the, the manga artist. Yeah, Joe Casey was before him. 
Okay. And then Claremont took over. And then they, I guess that's when they turned it into Extreme X-Men. And then yeah. he took over. Then he was, then, as you said, Grant Morrison was writing, of course, New X-Men. And then, and then Austin took that over, which, talk about a hard act to follow. And then who was he succeeded by? Claremont. No. Peter Milligan. Milligan. Yes. Oh, not, not damn. A, not it's a, that, that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Austin's cable's great. Mm. Now, who did he... Who did he <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally dismiss. Boy, you just got fucking brushed off. Yeah, wow, but that's, that's my... That just may just be my man love for cable yeah, speaking. You love so, cable. I, I do. Who did, he, who did he follow and proceed in Captain America? Uh, Wade? Yeah, that'd be that the, that'd be the guess. safe guess, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even remember this guy. I don't even remember that this guy ever wrote any comic. Oh, well, um, 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 Kirkman wrote Cap, but that another, was the, he wrote it during guess. Disassembled. Yeah. Uh, according to this, John Nye Ryber. Was oh, the, my mm. God. Oh, that was the run with, with John Cassidy on art. Okay. I don't even yeah. remember that, and I was reading it for sure. Is that the Guantanamo Bay one? Yeah, that was where Cap killed yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. And then who did Boy, he Boy, that character was just in terrible fucking shape. Yeah, uh, well, guess who was succeeded by? And I don't even remember this at all. Lee Gibbons. Dave Gibbons. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. remember that he ever wrote Captain America. <laughs> that, char- that character, serious. That character was in such bad shape before Brubaker. Yeah. Oh, but Captain America has been mangled for years. Yeah. Years. That's that's why it just boggles my mind that Cap is such a fan favorite now. Where oh. back back in the day, it, it may have been selling. Better by today's standards, but it was the book that everyone na- left left for last. Yeah, well, the Grunewald stuff has a certain yes. go- goofy like, goofy charm to it. down the uh, the Serpent Society. No, that no. shows off. Paul Neary. Loved it. <laughs> I I always had a thing for what was her name Diamond um, Diamondback Diamond Diamondback Yeah Yeah the girl the the would be could be girlfriend the just this, her costume I always, I always figured you were more of an anaconda man. Thank you There you go No to it. No <laughs> No I'm I'm not into the snake Sorry <laughs> <sighs> And then David yeah. uh, David had his Avengers stint Right He was uh, preceded by Johns Yep And preceded of course by Bendis Who's still on the book So And I think I think the most <laughs> famous John's uh, John scene was uh, Ant-Man going down on uh, Or hey, yep. Henry Pym going down on Jan And uh, awesome. shrinking to do it That was uh, awesome uh, Ringing the bell man He's working the heavy bag <laughs> no, so, so wait John's That's right John's uh, Did the What was the name of that That story arc It was And they had um, art by Koipel too yeah, it was uh, awesome. It was the, like the not Red Death, but um, it was the one with the um, uh, Red Skull had kind of released that that contagion in that. Uh, Sound of an Ant Man had a Red Skull after. Yeah. Oh the, no! Was, no uh, that's that's uh, disgusting. Um, that was actually the last <laughs> Avengers um, story that had uh, an end to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Very get nice. a, a Bendis in a cage match one of these days. So what, six, six years ago, we actually had a resolution to a storyline? Oh hey, did any of you guys see the Spike Awards? <laughs> Just to try and divert attention away from the fight. No, but no. I heard I heard our pal Pat was there. That's exactly why I watched the damn thing. Oh, I, because uh, once once Pat let the news out that he was in attendance, I said, "Well, I'm I have to watch it because I want to see lovable Pat's face in the audience." And it, unfortunately, I only made it like an hour and and a half through it. Oh, what an ordeal! If if the goal was to swear 
as much as they possibly could, and for that one goofy blonde singer to say creepy like a million times in the song, they have succeeded. It was I, I don't understand what the point of that thing is. It's the spike uh, wars. Yeah. Did you expect? I, I don't get it. They people just swear. And and another, I, I watched it for Marilyn Manson because another guy I have the the man love for. But it was just oh god awful. And then you get the the highlight of the evening for me was uh, Kirsten Bell asking people to give it on up for the father of comic books, Mister Stan freaking Lee. Give it up, you know. But then it took Frank Miller to bring up Jack, which was cool. But Stan was just eating it up, and he yeah, give it up. I'll give it up. Give up a pickaxe, but oh, <laughs> whatever. Wow. So we, we, we diverge just to go down to show. another. Yeah, you know, it's like so. We, yeah, it's negative episode, isn't it? We're just like shitting on everything. Yeah. So positive. I won't. I won't. Well, no. Then then we won't talk about anything that I've read. So let's, I do let's have something. I have positivity going on. I got a lot of positivity. It's not Blade and it's not Scrooge, and it's not um, Star Wars. Pass. I have <laughs> a, an. I have an amazing amount of positivity for Amazing Spider-Man 574. Oh, no, I don't. I I don't care if I keep bringing Spider-Man up. I don't care if it sells really well. One book this, I don't read Marvel. This single issue, it's a done-in-one story about Flash Thompson. Yeah. It is by far the best book I have read all month. I haven't wow. read it. But by, by far. Wow, and no, 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 no. last week. Wow. Yes, it, it this this single issue was better than, in my opinion, the, whatever that's worth, was better than all of uh, New Ways to Die. No shit. This issue is amazing. It's a story of Flash Thompson, our long lost buddy. We haven't seen him in quite a while. He was doing a tour of Iraq. He's in. He was in the army. All right. Oh yeah. And uh, what's really neat about it, as the issue opens, he's in what I'm assuming as a VA hospital in Germany, and he's being awarded the Medal of Honor. Awesome. So as the, as the general comes in and interviews him, he is revealing his exploits in Iraq, and they're juxtaposing events that happened to Flash with events that happened to Spider-Man. <laughs> and I wonder how veterans feel about that. Well, no, it, and actually, this issue was inspired, and th- a lot of the technical information was given to Guggenheim by an actual veteran from Iraq who was injured in very much the same way as Flash. So there's a story behind this on, 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 a, on a bunch of levels. But so Flash is in in uh, Iraq. He gets hurt, and and uh, he's in an APC, and it gets uh, blown on its side. And and as Flash is detailing the the, the the events of that, they they go into that memorable story of Peter trapped underneath the sewer, mm-hmm. holding up the uh, the girders and everything. So everything in Flash's life has Wait, is the, is inspired by thirty three. Yes, yes. This one I'm the, telling you, it's one of the greatest splash pages ever. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But it's just Peter's unquenchable desire to do good and to save people and to do the right thing has made such an impact on Flash that he has taken this with him his entire life and it got him through Iraq. This is an amazing issue. And not only do they uh, detail Flash's present, they'll go into his past like there's little snippets of his life with his father, how he was abused verbally and physically and and he kind of inserts that into the commentary about what he endured in Iraq. It's a fantastic issue. 
mm-hmm. written by Guggenheim, drawn by Kitson, inked by Farmer, colored nice. by uh, Studio F's Antonio Fabella. It is grace. And I, I know I've been singing the praises of Spider-Man, but this issue just blew me away. The ending is heart-wrenching when you see what has happened to our buddy Flash. Oh. And uh, the actual... Uh, to get the Medal of Honor, Vince. What did he? What what didn't he do? He went back to save a wounded comrade at the expense of his own physical safety and uh, let's just say future physical uh, well being. Okay, that's all I'm, I'm going to say. Okay, but he he uh, endured tremendous amount of of hardships, and it's just mm-hmm. uh, the uh, serviceman who this is inspired and added to by his name. He's an army medic named Jeff Guerin. And you get to see photos of him in the. There's no letter pay, letter column. It's just oh, a wow. text. It's a text piece on this man and his tour of the Marvel offices and his uh, pictures of him in uniform and over in Iraq. It's great issue. Oh, get it! Uh, amazing five seventy four. They sh- they name this correctly. Amazing. It is fantastic. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Spider Man's back. It's and it's great that you know Spider Man was never better than whenever that series was telling pretty hard stories, whether it oh, was yeah. drug addiction or um, you know teen you know teen issues or socially conscious issues. I mean that's that's the that's the every man's comic. So it sounds like it's like Spider Man is back to what it's being best at. Mm-hmm. I know Daryl's not going to like that. That I talked about Amazing Spider-Man. Once you hear our our phone message for this, this episode, it is, yeah. it, it's brilliant. But uh, yeah, he won't like it. But I don't care. I don't care because it's, buy Spider-Man. This is Daryl. You know what? Fuck it. I know it goes against fanboy code, but I'm gonna say some shit. Okay. And first off, leave Rob Liefeld alone. He's not bad. The guy art soul copies. No matter what you want to say, because it was the 90s and all that bullshit, it's still soul copies. And this is another one I want to say. Alan Moore is not all that. I read, Watch- I've, I've read Watchmen about four times. It was okay. It wasn't the second coming. Birds and trees and new... Fuck it. All right, it's Darwin. Now, I'm going to say some shit that go against the Sandboy Code. But I don't give a damn. I'm I'm a ranting fanboy. And you know what? Fuck one more day. I don't care how good the stories are with John Roman Jr. and all that shit and Dan Slott, which I love his writing and stuff, but fuck that. They can kiss my ass one more day. I'm not supporting nothing, and I hope nobody, I don't want anybody to support it, even though I know y'all are anyway. But fuck, one more day. One more day, kiss my black ass before I even wipe it when I take a shit. Later. Fuck it. Yeah. And I want to say, Mike Perkins can draw the best shit. I love his art. I miss him on all the books because I can't afford to buy no damn stand for four dollars. That's just too damn much for a comic. I'm sorry, but I miss him on Cap. And another thing, fuck that. If Peter David want to say something about Alan Moore, he can say it. it. Ain't no damn god. Peter David, you say what the fuck you want to say. 
Lane. Uh, I got two more little bits of uh, uh, posit. Well, one positivity, one's not so great, and they're both f- they're both Final Crisis related. Don't be spoiling anything. I'm not going to spoil anything. Final Crisis Four All is right. great, and I'm only going to talk about the cover. It is by far the best cover Jones has done for Final Crisis. The dark side the, one. The the dark side cover. The the pent up energy in this drawing, just the the the, the physical presence of Dark Side on the page is it took my breath away. I had to get this cover. I, I'm not too crazy about the red stripe covers to begin with. Uh, I I usually go for the, the character covers, but this one the the Green Lantern cover I thought was great. This one is fantastic. And uh Interior art by Jones, Pacheco, and Marino. So it's gorgeous to look at, and uh, there are a number of surprises. We gain some stuff, we lose some stuff, and um, it really advances the story. That's all I can say without spilling the beans. Okay. So and the That's not so n- the not so positive, and this is getting back to Mr. Morrison. Final Crisis submit. Uh, you guys are well versed in the DVD format. How they will include. Scenes that have been cut from the movie to make it a tighter, more streamlined uh, beast. Final Crisis Submit is a deleted scene from oh. from Final Crisis that should never have been included on the DVD. That's all That's I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It's it's written by Morrison, but in my opinion, Buddy Grant was either on the pot or doing something else at the time he wrote this because it's about as interesting as um, watching grass grow. I just did not enjoy it at all. The art is very good. Matthew Clark, Norm Ratman. It's it's nice to look at, but in terms of the story, bleh. It's kind of milk toast, kind of bland. Nothing that we would have needed to know going into Final Crisis Number Four. It it takes place before Final Crisis Number Four, so if you want to be Mister Chronological and read them in the order in which they occur, you have to read Submit before Final Crisis Four. Okay. Uh, I I would save the three ninety nine, or spend it on another book more deserving. Cause Too late, this, dude. This, this is I know <laughs> this is not it. And Black Lightning too. I like Black Knight Lightning, but yeah, whatever. You know, it's one of those characters like I, I don't know. I I think his daughter's a more interesting character than he is. Oh, could be. Okay. It's uh, she JSA now. Yeah, JSA. Thunder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's. Well, yeah. He's, he's got. Yeah, he's got two daughters though. Right now, he's. Yeah, he's got the. He's got the electrical chick too, the other daughter. He's got Thunder, and he's got. Oh, because the I I know Thunder from the Outsiders. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. the. She's an. I forget her name. She's got. She's like made of electricity, like mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, in she, this. Yeah, she's uh, j- dating uh, Joaquin Thunder. Now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're getting, they're getting, <laughs> doing a, doing a nasty. Mm-hmm. I, I tell yeah. you, what, I, I'm I'm back on board. Speaking of uh, uh, Black Lightning, uh, totally back on board with JLA. I thought. Oh, it, me too. I thought it hit um, kind of a valley there for a few issues, but uh, boy, it's back and uh, and really a lot of fun. I mean, they're nice. uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of shitting on Morrison's Animal Man run a little bit right now, but uh, I don't mind. I think McDuffie's mm-hmm. having a lot of fun with uh, with what he's doing on JLA. Who's your favorite character in JLA? In the, in, yeah, um, I. I really like what they've done with Black Canary and Vixen in uh, mm. in JLA. Um, God, favorite character um, in this in this incarnation of the series. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like I like Black Canary a lot. Yeah, 
Okay. I think that she makes a pretty solid leader for the group. But uh, no, they they um, everyone's kind of had their moment in the sun. I liked uh, I like some of the Red Tornado um, stuff. That's never been a character that I've I've been really vested in. Um, I like that the the big three are in the JLA, but they're certainly not the focus of the JLA. And there's been some interesting stuff going on with the with Roy Harper and and Chiera. Um, oh yeah, can you imagine having Kendra as a girlfriend? <laughs> Man, bear shit out. Yeah, Ooh. is that is that, but, is that Ke- Kendra? Is that her official name? I yeah or, yeah. Chiera, is that the uh, JLA animated? version yeah yeah okay yeah my favorite character and it's a it's a character i have always latched onto from the first time i ever saw him on the comic book page red tornado i love that character like like ready huh yeah and i I love what mcduffie's done with him the the amazo arc was great uh props to him again for pulling animal man into it and Doc Magnus and just all these characters you never really see around and putting them in a in a high profile team book like JLA that's added uh value it's, to me. It's funny because I think this is gets back to sometimes which character you're exposed to first because with Red Tornado he does pretty much nothing for me mainly because I read him as an analog of the vision, which I have a lot more experience with. Not and again I don't even know if that's fair. I don't know if Red Tornado may have come first, but but I just I spent so much time reading the Vision and the Avengers that I see Red Tornado as pretty much DC's version of the Vision, yeah. you know. And and again, I'm not saying that's fair one way or the other. It's just the way I read him. So he doesn't, he's not one of the characters that I glom onto particularly. Well, it's kind of hard to determine which one came first because Vision is a product of the Android Human Torch, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, and that I mean, and that's an old character. Well, and he was like, created by Ultimo actually. And he, he has Wonder Man's or Ultron, uh, rather. Ultron. Ultron. Yeah, yeah, Ultron. But he has Wonder Man's um, brain patterns, Pattern. doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. It, that's a another thing. Engelhart would be able to answer that. I unfortunately cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. So, but yeah, I I think JLA is great. David David has a crush on McDuffie. Oh yeah. He should still so, be writing Fantastic Four. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Well, it was always meant to be an intern spot. He wasn't. He. he he wasn't going to be on it long term. He knew he was just there to keep the seat warm until mm-hmm. Miller could come and butcher the title. But the, uh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I mean, I've I've got nothing but love for the man, you know, because of of what he did with you know co-creating with with people like Priest and Dennis Cohen and 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 all these other guys oh. and creating Milestone. So yeah, Dennis Cohen. Oh man, yeah. what I, what I don't understand is if they had Miller lined up for Fantastic Four. Why didn't they just do that as a 12-issue miniseries? Why did they have to take McDuffie off the main book? He was perfect. And and Miller's stuff is totally different from what had come before. So why not do it as a miniseries or or a maxi maxi well, series? Well, the real answer is because it's a big ego trip. I mean, look at go back and look at the interviews that Miller gave when he was put on the book. I mean, he's talking about how, you know, he's going on the book because Fantastic Four deserves to be the number one selling, you know, a consistently a top 10 book and that, you know, he oh, was yeah, it is, right? back in that position. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, so, I mean, you know, he has not delivered to that expectation. Not that he'll well, maybe he means it. after he's done with his run. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, and I think a mini series would be even more high profile 
than the monthly Fantastic Four because you have a it's a special instance. It's a it's a um, a, a cause for celebration. You get this finite story. Kick it out. Put it in a hardcover. People will buy that. Mm-hmm. Where whereas it, it's uh, these days, I think it's a it's a hard sell to to push the Fantastic Four to, to people, and it shouldn't be. Well, Just, it was. Uh, let's see. The latest the flagship. Yeah, it was twenty sixth, which isn't so bad. Uh, that's actually. not so bad. Yeah. That's Sixty thousand so copies. I mean, it's not not terrible. It's probably better than it was doing actually, but better, better than Trinity deserves to be doing. Uh, yes, it is better than Trinity. That's true. Right. I looked at the um, numbers, and, and I don't usually like to. Oh, but better sa- sales wise. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. the the disparity between DC and Marvel is it's heartbreaking. It's 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 ungodly the difference these days. Whereas you know maybe as little as a year ago it was almost neck and neck. And now that the, there's a huge chasm between the two companies, and it, it, it really makes me sad. Because, and this is something else Marty and I were talking about today: Final Crisis and Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion may be outselling Final Crisis two to one, mm-hmm. but I see a lot more discussion about Final Crisis than over Secret Invasion. Why is that? Well, people are people are obvious. Out. I don't well, know. If it's fair one way or the other, though, because again, I, I mean. If you're just talking about activity, I mean, I would imagine that although the boards we frequent, I would agree, spend more time talking about Final Crisis, and I've, oh, I've been a lot on record more. of saying I've I've enjoyed probably I've enjoyed them both, but I've I've probably enjoyed Final Crisis at least to date, having not read the last issues of each that came out today. Um, I've probably enjoyed Final Crisis a bit more. I would think that you know if you're talking about the most active comic-related boards on the net, I would imagine Secret Invasion is probably far more talked about because you're talking about the Bendis boards, you're talking yeah, about Zorama and those kind of places. I mean, so I'm sure they, they have talked about Secret So it's hard for me to, to take uh, what empirically what you're saying is true and that, yes, from, from my perspective as well, Final Crisis is being discussed more, but I don't know if that's a really fair portrayal of the comic audience at large. Where do you read number four? <laughs> it, it's it's fantastic. Can, can I talk about the uh, since I, I, again I, I I'm fine with not talking about the numbers, but there is the secret invasion and the that 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 selling well doesn't surprise me at all. But the number two book this month baffles me beyond all belief. Do, I noticed know? it, but I forgot it. What was it? Hulk number six. Yeah, right. Exactly. I am is, just stunned by that. I mean, I I've I've never been a huge Jeff Loeb fan. Um, I, you know the McGinnis art is is fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm reading it, so I can't say I'm not I'm not contributing to this. Um, but, but I I cannot believe that it was the number two selling comic, and it's number six. I mean, it's not like it's you know number one. You think okay, there's hype. I mean, this is number six, and it's outselling every book outside of Secret Invasion. That is yeah. stunning to me. And considering thousand copies, I wow baffled. And considering the frequency at which it comes out, it's not right. on a regular schedule. No. So pe- people want to read that book. But then again, Ultimate's number three, number five, was six, which is, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. That's, so these are obviously all pre-orders and because they have multiple covers. But, right, but pre-orders would start to fade after the third issue because, like we all know, you don't get the first one until you've paid for the third if you pre-order. Yeah. So I can't understand why the sixth issue is still doing that well. what you will about Jeff Loeb, whether you like his writing or not. I know that he takes a lot of shit online, but, um, guys, his books sell. Yeah, they do. Well, he, and uh, and he'll, tell, he'll be the first to tell you that. I mean, he was saying, oh, yeah. much on, you know, by the way, well, I, again, I, I don't. I don't begrudge him. I've I've liked some stuff that Loeb's done. I've probably disliked more, um, but I, 
I cannot. The next time he's on Word Balloon, I won't listen to the episode. He comes off as the most arrogant prick of all time. Oh, I mean, maybe, well, he. No, I'm sorry. He comes off like an arrogant prick, and you know, I I don't care if if he's going to take the t- the tack that he doesn't care what the fans think because the numbers speak for themselves. Well, that's fine. Then I don't have to support him in any way, shape, or form. Then because he doesn't need my support, right? I mean, I he I'm sorry. He comes off like a total asshole. I, but he is very successful. I, I don't I don't care if it's fair or not. That's he. he he strikes me as, an, as being an asshole, and, and that's that. I, I can't. Yeah, but you don't really know the guy. That's a, you know what I mean? Comes There's a, his right, right. interviews as an asshole. So yeah. I know him as well as I know anyone I get to hear talk for a couple hours. But right. he comes off as a I very will, guy. I will say something about Hulk, and I don't read it, but McGinnis's art is like crack for my eyes. He is so perfect. That That is the character. He's he's so great when it comes to those larger. He was great on Superman. He's great on Hulk. If if you're oh, a... That you know, Superman, as, Batman he did was perfect. It was with the bizarro and the Batsaro. My God. If, if, if you have a character that is wide and tall, then he is the perfect artist for that yeah he does have a tendency to exaggerate which is cool right for those characters right but even his 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 uh rendering of the female form mm, my god perfection oh, let's get happy uh, that's that's happy. dexter vines yeah no it's not well yeah it's dexter vines too right oh i have a question for you guys guardians of the galaxy loving it uh awesome. read the last issue um well i think it's the last issue issue number five mm-hmm. and um, I have a question. Uh, I didn't quite understand how uh, what's his uh, what Starhawk? Uh, what's the name of uh, that character? Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How 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 he became a female? Did they explain that? Why? Because he was in like issue number three as a male, and then all of a sudden that goes way back though. That that goes back to the character's origins. Wasn't wouldn't he? Wouldn't the character show up as a male or a female? Depending, on, I, I forget what what he- spurred the change. They, Wasn't they, he a, they, a they, female they, in a male's body at one time, no. or they he shared it with his girlfriend at one time? I think they they mentioned it in the previous issue of of Guardians that he's able to like reconstitute he she its body and can take male or female form, like in okay. every in every you know iteration of, huh. of the character. But you know who would know right off the bat, Matt Kramer. Matt Kramer, yeah, yeah. Did you like the wrap up to the whole uh, secret invasion story? Oh, totally, dude. I mean, come you know on. Why, you know why? You know why you liked it, Wood? Why? Because <laughs> it had a fucking ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will give you this, Chris. Uh, relative to your Bendis uh, dis- disdain of late, uh, I will say that the secret in- those people who are just reading Secret Invasion are actually for once in an event, really missing out of the best part because the Secret Invasion tie-ins almost two a one have been much, I think, more entertaining stories, at least to date. I, I think that uh, they've almost every one that I've read has been pretty darn entertaining. Um, so, you know, Guardians and uh, even my boy Deadpool and obviously oh. and Cap- the Captain Britain story. and The, uh, MI, the MI-13 and the, Dead- and the Deadpool comics, some of the most entertaining, just fun popcorn books I've had this summer. So much fun. Yep. Yeah, you guys were... Warm in my heart last week talking about Deadpool. That right. was great stuff. It's Daniel Way is a guy that runs a little hot and cold with me, but he is writing the shit out of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paco Medina always hits a home run in my field. Very nice. Always. Yeah. Very nice. And it, it, as far as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I am chomping at the bit to get that hardcover. 
Oh, you won't be you won't mm-hmm. be disappointed. Um, oh, I know I won't. So a couple. Um, speaking of a couple um, hardcovers that came out today, um, the uh, Frank Miller, Bill Sinkevich, Electra Omnibus mm-hmm. came out today. The um, Why the Last Man Volume One oversized hardcover came out. Um, now I saw that it had been solicited for a release today. I didn't see it at the shop, but the uh, Tomb of Dracula Omnibus. Yeah, it wasn't at our shop either. Yeah, it hasn't so, been candle for that. It may have been put off a week, but I can't wait to get that. Oh, now, have you seen some of those pages? They really clean them up a, a lot. I'm used to seeing Tuma Dracula on yellowed pages with fading color, and because I have 98% of the run, and to see them all spiffy on on beautiful white paper, it, it take. It, I was taken aback the first time I saw. It. I was like, "Whoa, what a difference!" Do you like it being all cleaned up like that? Um. It's different but equal, I would say. Uh, Gene's work will always connect with me, regardless of... You can print it on toilet paper, and I would just eat, eat it right up. Now, but, how, how, uh, did, from, how did from you, my, how did you like well, it in the essentials, in, in seeing it in just black and white? Oh, it's fantastic. But again, it, it's different than what I remember. The, the, the original encounter with that work has planted a seed in my mind, and that's the way I will always remember it. But... Uh, the black and white work showcased Gene's work more than the color, which is obvious. So I, I, I love the, the essentials, but for a different reason than I love the originals. But it's still all good. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a nightmare for an inker to come in and, and sit at their, their drawing <laughs> table and, and be handed a, a Gene Colon page. It's like, oh, God, just slip yeah. my wrist. Here, here you go. <laughs> I, embellish this. Yeah. yeah. Just print from the pencils. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. No shit. God, God love yeah, Gene. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to picking that up. Uh, what else? There was another... Shit, there was another trade. Hold on one second. I was, uh, I was running in and out of the shop today, so oh, fast. That's, that's, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, Will Pfeiffer's um, last last arc on Catwoman came out in trade. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's that, one of the titles that I have slated to try and get at the Wild Pig. Because I hope I assume he'll have a bunch of issues of that. He sounds like he's on location. Okay. Oh, you there? Yep. Yeah, sorry about that. I yanked out my my core. I was gonna say I just picked up the uh um I think Will Pfeiffer's last run on Catwoman came out today in trade. Which was a great a great run for Catwoman. Mm-hmm. What's the story? Um I, I guess I heard him on some show or another after shortly after he wrapped up and he said he didn't have Although he was interested, he had, he didn't have anything in the hopper, as it were, um, with DC. Do, what's the deal there? He certainly, I think his work on that book certainly seems pretty well regarded by fans. So, um, so I would, I'm just surprised he doesn't have something else lined up from them. Is that just a temporary I, thing that you heard, Chris, or does he I have don't something? Know, to I, let me just say, that I don't know any of the insights on any of the companies or any. I don't know shit about shit, is what I'm telling you. But, um, but. <laughs> We've known that for a long time. Yeah, but. but well, I didn't know if you talked to him and he had mentioned Well, here, here's, here's, this is an issue that we've talked about in comics before. Is that I, I don't believe that Will is a, an exclusive writer for DC, right? 
He doesn't have an exclusive at DC. But there are a lot of other writers that do have exclusive contracts at DC. And whenever you have an exclusive deal, you're guaranteed work, whether whether you deserve it or not, or whether there's someone out there that's maybe more deserving of it. And I think Will might be. And, and once again, I know shit about shit, so this is this is nothing I've heard. I haven't talked to Will about it. This is just something that I'm guessing at. Is that why I think that Will is a really good writer, and I think that DC likes Will a lot. I don't. There's only there's only so many slots out there. There's only so many books, and they've got a lot of people signed to exclusive contracts right now. And, uh, and I think there might be writers that are writing books because they're they're guaranteed work. Mm, that's that's just part of the industry right now. Mm-hmm. So exclusive contracts good for creators. Most creators, I don't know, always good for books. Fair enough. That's the business. That's, that is the business. Hey, exactly. I was going to say, don't we have some homework that we have to get, get through? I think I think David did the homework. I already did the homework on the episode you announced it. Love you did? I did I, yeah, I did the Love and Rockets, number one. Oh, yeah. Derek Coward re- was talking about that recently, too. Yeah, he was, yeah. Better than sex. What was the homework again? Read... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so- re- from the back of previews that you want to recommend to our fellow comic lovers for this month's previews. I know you don't read previews, but anything that you might know is in the offing soon that you might want to recommend. Mm. Uh, uh-huh. I got one. Mike Mayhew's Savage. Oh. From Image Comics. Tell us a little more about that. From what I've seen, the preview um, pages that I've, that I've been able to read, um, very 70s era feeling um horror series kind of has a um kind of a, a nightmare on elm street uh, meets the hitcher feel to it okay. um a lot of good horror comics coming out right now yeah. and uh, i think a lot of um we're seeing a little bit of a of a a renaissance in horror books is a lot of these these guys that grew up on those movies are now pretty accomplished writers and artists uh, and mayhew is um most of us are familiar with his painted work and uh like in the uh the x-men origins the Jean gray issue beautiful painted stuff this is is his sequential um kind of grittier looking stuff and uh, he does the pencils and inks on it but it's been colored i originally had seen the uh, the black and white and actually kind of preferred the black and white um, but saw the color stuff and it's nice. But uh, yeah, uh, creepy kind of you know '70s era feeling, uh, um, gory horror comic called Savage, and it's coming cool. from uh, from Image Comics. Covers it's are terrifying. Very cool. I, I saw the uh, I guess it's the first one with what looks like a a mandrel screaming on oh, the yes. front, and it's just dynamic yes. as hell mm-hmm. and uh, very. A lot of chiaroscuro. It's very stark white, stark black. It's it's boom right in your face. It's dynamic and it just it made me look at it, which was what a cover is supposed to do. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm one thing I'm probably gonna wait for the trade on that just so I can read it all in one shot. Cool. Yeah, and and most of these horror books that Chris is talking about are coming from one company, and that's Image. There's a lot of really good yeah. horror books coming from Image. Image yeah. equals the shit. You're not kidding. <laughs> the hotness. I, I took a chance on a book today from Top Cow, 
which is not a stretch for me because I I, I, I click with a lot of Top Cow stuff. Uh-huh. I picked up Cyblade number one. <laughs> okay. I'm a big ass fan of Cyberforce. Who is it? And this uh, was the pilot season winner for 2007, written by Joshua Joshua Hale Fialkov. Oh yeah. Drawn by drawn by Rick Mays and inks by Sal Regla. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm not going to gush because I don't think the book is worthy at this point. It's it's a very slow start. There there are a lot of airy passages that I don't think work all that well. There's a lot of uh, repetition in panels. Like there's one instance where uh, they re-implant her with the brain box. You remember how Cyberdata's whole deal was they implanted the agents with the brain box so they can control them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess she's overcome it to a certain degree, and they're trying to trying to get her to be under the control of the brain box again, and they think she is, but she's really not, and she's she's feigning that she's under the control. And they have her on a table, and there's a there's a one page where it's three panels of basically the same image, only uh, a wide angle shot. Then it zooms in a little closer. Then the third panel zooms in a little closer. That to me is a, a whole hell of a lot of waste of paper. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't doesn't really progress the story all that much, but and, and there's a, there's a decent amount of that in this book. There's uh, a sequence where she's taking a shower that comprises two pages. No, actually three pages, where you see the shower head, you see her in the shower, you see the water hitting her face, you see the water hitting her again. She gets distressed, and the the, the scene changes from pastoral blues to like energetic reds. And her powers kick in, and it, it basically could have been done on one page, but the person, uh, Mace, took three pages to do it, and it's a bit of a stretch when you're paying two ninety nine. You know, sure. it's 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 just a little bit of a disconnect between the story and the images. It's it's too laid back. It's a, it's a. I want more information, but I love the art. Rick Maze is very much in the Amanda Connor school. Beautiful women. Wonderful composition, yeah. It's and the colors by uh, Troy. I'm sorry, Guru, um, Guru Effects are are very much in the style of those that have colored Amanda Connor. Very well modeled and and uh, it's sexy. It's a sexy looking book. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gist of the story is there's a uh, an organization that has infiltrated Cyberdata and know what they're up to, but Cyberdata has in turn r- infiltrated that organization and bought out all the people that were trying to do good. But there's one holdout, and he's trying to save Dominique from Cyberdata. It, it's 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 a neat little start to the book. It's like I said, it's very sexy. Come on, when you have Cyberblade, it's going to be a sexy book. <laughs> and uh, the cover. Was drawn by Kenneth Rockefort, the guy that does um, Madame uh, Mirage. Ah, uh, yes. So it's 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 a it's a good looking book. I just wished it moved a little faster for my taste. I'm still going to buy it, not only because I'm a Cyberforce fan, but because it was a decent enough read. Uh, I feel like I got my money's worth. I just wish it kicked in a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I I can I can recommend it. I, I I'll feel safe recommending this book to someone because I think the the best is yet to come. So, you know, decent book. All I right. liked it. Yeah. Gee, I'm sold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff coming from Top Cow. You might Kyle. not hate this book. 
<laughs> you might you might not hate it, but did you know that Impaler that was originally published by Image has jumped to Top Cow, and it's it's going to be I think it's an ongoing series at at Top Cow. Impaler was great, uh, obviously a vampire uh, tale, but uh, now Top Cow's got it, and uh, they're going to republish the original miniseries in October. I think it was three issues, and uh, the ongoing series debuts in December. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, Impaler and uh, Cyblade. All right, and David, what do you got for us? I will have that next week. I forgot it. It's uh, the book is upstairs. It's not uh, as far as I know. I don't think it was in previews, and it's a uh, it's a trade. It, it looks like it's oh. an original graphic novel. Oh, okay. So I'm it's uh, yeah. I'll have I'll have the link, and I'll have the artist, and and everything. I I sent the um. I'll show you the PDFs when we're when we're done. The uh, the artist has a website where he's got the first few pages of the chapters, and uh, I sent it to Vince to get it. I, I was trying to figure out who this, who the artist reminds me of, mm-hmm. and uh, so I could talk about it. But uh, like I said, the, the book's upstairs, so I I don't want to tease anybody until I get all the information. All right, I respect. love teasing people. He does. Any of you guys reading Flash? <laughs> <laughs> not until, not until Tom it's safe. Uh, oh, no. I think it, I think it's safe. Uh, not until Tom. I read, I read, I read, I read something that resembles that ties into Flash. But like I said, I'm going to try to keep it positive, so I'm not going to talk about I, Rogue's I won't Revenge. Read Flash until Flash Rebirth, maybe. Rogue's Revenge. Yeah. Rogue's, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Did you like Rogue's Revenge? Oh yes. I, I thought it was very good. Yeah. Oh, you didn't you didn't read it yet, so we can't talk about it. Oh, no, you can wow. talk about it. I, I heard it was spoiled for me on another podcast. You know, you know why it was good? Because Jeff Johns wrote it. It had a fucking ending. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, with Flash running at the end, saying "Coming soon, Flash Rebirth." Yeah, that's an ending. No, there was an oh, end. Come on, had a this was a zero. From what I understand, it was basically a zero issue for Johns's Flash Rebirth. But no, it was yeah. it was it was a three issue story that. It wasn't even a lead-in. I mean, they tease Flash Rebirth, but this was a three-issue story. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't. I, I would not be surprised if the Rogues had dinner over at Jeff Johns's house, and they were real people. <laughs> because no, he he knows these characters. It's like they're living, breathing people. And Weather Wizard, did you ever think that he would be this real? Um, and I, no, you didn't I, get that I, out of the series. I well, like I said, I haven't read the last issue, so I can't. Maybe that's well. I mean, what about the first two? But I mean, he's been. I mean, especially Captain Cold. I mean, Captain Cold, total right. disposable character that we probably pretty much just remember from Challenge of the Super Friends. But three dimensional. <laughs> it's serious. That's the only where only place I knew Captain Cold from. Um, but I mean, he's he's a he's a deep character in John's Flash universe, and yeah, I, I I love what he does with the ropes. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen the end of Weather Wizard's uh, son. No, I think I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, because it, it was uh, for Jeff Johns to just dispose of it that quickly and not do anything about it. There's got to be more to come on that. Yeah, he's been bu- yeah. See, he's been building that up for what five years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long time. Mm-hmm. David, what'd you think? I did. I. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the Weather Wizard. I liked Heat Wave, especially with Heat Wave asking Wizard if, if you know, you want me to burn the place down. It's like you know, he, he's the buddy that wants to make sure everybody else is okay. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed 
the writing. I like the handle Johns has on these characters. Um, I am glad that the rogues did what they did, not just from a, I mean, it's right there in the title, but because of who this character is and what he represents to me and, and, and my feelings towards it, I'm, I'm happy to see what happened happen. Not, not only to, to do what they did, but to stand up against one of the, the biggest wild cards in the DC universe, Zoom. If you remember, after, during or after Infinite, I think it was during Infinite Crisis, Wonder Woman and Wally had a hard time with Zoom and uh, Cheetah. Remember that issue? Mm-hmm. No. That, that was crazy. I mean, he literally almost took out Wonder Woman and, and Wally. Mm-hmm. And for the rogues to just brush him off, like it was like he wasn't even there. Yeah. They work like pretty super cool. Team. Yeah, they they. I mean, that's what's awesome about the rogues is that you know Johns when he puts them together, they all understand each other and and their strengths and weaknesses. They really do work like a a superhero team, but they're they're rogues, like a hive mind. Well, I will rogues say this: hive mind. They're definitely no no better than the second best villain team up that's in the DC universe right now. Hmm. Six, baby, the six. Oh. oh, okay, yeah. I, I don't even consider them uh, villains. I consider them mercenaries. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I guess that's semantics, but they are. I mean, yep. <laughs> most of them have <laughs> most of them have have at least a few murders under their under their. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, is, is, yeah. Is, is Ragdoll just about the most awesome, bizarre, crazy character <laughs> going? Yeah, right no now. doubt. I know. I love that character. Creepy. And they got a lesbian in there. Oh, I love it. <laughs> what a crazy villain they got going on. I mean, this guy's... This guy's oh, like, the guy creepy. in the box. Yeah, very creepy. <laughs> I, I think we should do a little research for, for the show and tally up the number of series that had either Superman or Batman in the second issue. I, I bet the number would surprise you. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it, you mean just in, sell, you mean sales and whatnot? Right, right. In terms of Superman... I can't tell you how many books I have that have Superman in the second issue of the series. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing how many. Sure. Which I mean, it's a nice tactic because nothing sell well. Nothing used to sell more like Superman or Batman. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, so uh, you didn't ask me what my recommendations for the homework assignment were. <clears throat> Wood, what's your recommendation for I'm the homework you assignment? Asked. Glad you asked. I, I live to serve. All right, I have two. Two. Uh, first, we'll go with the, I guess, uh, slightly more commercial one uh, from Dark Horse, uh, Gigantic. Uh, number two oh, yeah. is actually being solicited uh, right now. So uh, number one will be out on store shelves, I think, in two weeks, uh, first week in November. Uh, it's written by show favorite Rick Remender, uh, pencils by Eric Nguyen. I think I'm saying his last name right. Uh, Matt Wilson on colors, and uh, I don't know who does the letters. But pretty cool. Um, if you guys have ever know that movie, The Truman Show, with Jim Carrey, you know where they basically had him. Mm-hmm. It was a reality show where he didn't realize that it was a reality show, and they just watched his life. I guess that's sort of the premise, only instead of a human comedian that's a gigantic uh, battle robot, <laughs> they they drop on Earth and uh, and have aliens attack him, and it's a... Uh, he he's basically part of a giant galactic reality show, and he's tearing up cool. the earth uh, as part of that. But he doesn't know that he's on a TV show, so it sounds pretty quirky. Um, you could see the first eight pages of the first issue on DarkHorse.com, so you get a sense of the artwork. It's it's pretty pretty darn cool looking stuff. Um, so you know, like I said, the first issue was listed last month, but I would imagine you, you could probably pick it up 
uh, your LCS if you still go to LCS uh, in a couple of weeks, and then you can order up two. Um, and then the second recommendation is uh, a bit more avant-garde, but but uh, something I, I've been looking forward to, and it's finally here, and that is Jeffrey Brown's new book. I guess it's officially called Sulk Volume 2, but I guess the subtitle is what he refers to it more often, which is Deadly Awesome. And um, I think, Chris, you've had Jeff on your on Around Comics before, right? Deadly about- Awesome is going to be Deadly Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So it's this for two years. Yeah, he's a huge fan of wrestling and mixed martial arts and stuff. So I guess this MMA, is a book. Yep. Yeah, it's basically an homage to MMA, and and it's uh it's ninety six pages. Jeff, he's the writer and artist, so it's yeah, but uh, it's from Top Shelf, uh, and it's uh it's I think it's ten bucks cover price, um, but it's a ninety six page graphic novel, and at, according to this list, it's eighty pages of it are one fight scene. Um, yep. So it, it's you know for those that don't know Jeffrey Brown, he's he's a very very talented um, indie creator, and and I it's very hard I would think to pigeonhole just you know his style. He's he's written comics ranging from very personal stories of sort of coming of age all the way to you know the Change Boss, which is kind of a tongue in cheek look at you know transforming robots. So he he's very eclectic, um, and I suspect that this will be you know another you know pretty interesting look into a very niche thing. So um, so well, definitely check re- that out, too. Let's, let's repeat that for the kids out there. 80-page fight scene. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> is that the one with Big Head on the front cover? Well, Big oh. Head is the first volume. Oh, Sulk, okay. Sulk, volume 1 was Big Head and Friends, and this is Sulk, volume 2, Deadly Awesome. The cover is, oh, cool. uh, is MMA. It's, it's, it's the... It's two guys fighting inside of a cage. Is the cover? It's um, I forget the guy's name, but uh, uh, Jeffrey is he is seriously a big time MMA um, fan. He is a fan of the sport. He really looks at it as a sport, and and is a big time big time fan of it. And this is based on a real life um, MMA fighter. I forget the guy's name, but I mean, yeah, this it says book- uh, the solicits say in an eighty page fight scene, aging veteran fighter Haruki. Rabasaku faces off against young powerhouse Eldark Garprub. Uh, with <laughs> furious striking and technical submission wrestling, the story will entertain readers unfamiliar with the world of cage fighting as well as longtime fans of ultimate fighting. So He was very wow. serious about this. It is was meticulously researched and as a fan of MMA, he wanted to be very, very true to what the source material was. So, yeah, he's been talking about this book for like freaking two years now. Every time I, every time I see him, I ask him about it and he's like, oh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's almost done, almost done, almost done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and, I'm uh, to- and, and talking back to um, Gigantic, uh, Eric, Eric Wynn um, is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, his stuff on Detective is some of the best Batman art to come along in a long time. So um, gigantic should be really cool. Yeah. So two good, two good things. Wood, you get to live. Nice, nice. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll forget all the Judd Winnick comments. From <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, there we go. That that's it, guys. That's for it. Another week. See if I'm alive time. By, uh, by next week. <laughs> You'll be fine. Why would you even wonder? What's going on next week? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, come on, i got to give him. Like the two plug. days away, guys. I'm, the 
the countdown. It's not even a countdown. It is like I go to work tomorrow, and whenever I leave work, it is it is nonstop convention stuff for probably about two and a half days. So it's uh, it's cool though. Yeah, looking forward. To Windy City Comic Con. It's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. I don't know what it's gonna yep. be, but it's gonna be something. Where's it gonna be at? Uh, center on Halstead, uh, two blocks uh, east of Wrigley Field. Just go to WindyCityComicCon.com. Check it out. There you go. Yeah, we got a big write-up in the Chicago Tribune today. Sweet. Congrats. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Just uh, if you're listening, haven't decided to uh, to come. It's only five dollars. You can't beat it. Come out. Say howdy. Um, Fifty creators. Sixteen exhibitors. A lot of great programming, fun. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be a really cool day. So we're um, we're really looking forward to it. I'm 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 nervous in like all of the best ways right now. So you forgot something. Come on. Say it. What? What did you forget? Some people that are gonna be at the show that you did not Braxton, say. Braxton is gonna be there? Um, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I love Braxton, but come on. <laughs> Make with the Suicide Girls. Oh, Come Jesus. On. Yeah. There Tim, you go. Tim Seeley will have the, have the Suicide Girls. I was going to say, yeah. Tim Seeley's a big fan of those freaky chicks, huh? Um, num, I, think num, it's num. The other, I think it's the other way around, dude. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, to be Tim Seeley. <laughs> <laughs> the new art of the connectiles. Yeah, the the yeah, um, you know, I don't even know. Has that been officially announced, or does he just keep mentioning it on? Around yeah, I don't comics? think so. I haven't because I, the first I heard of it was on your, on around. Yeah, he's uh, uh, Tim Seeley and Chris Claremont um, taking over New Exiles. Did you know that during the Spike Awards, they had this best comic category, and it was Astonishing X-Men, Why the Last Man, I forget what other comic book it was. Uh, All-Star Superman. Yes, and Hack Hack Slash was nominated. Yeah, yeah. And and literally plastered across the screen was Tim Seeley's art. Go Tim yeah, okay, go no, Tim Seeley. It's not Tim's art. Tim's not the artist. Well, the original one he was. Mm, was wasn't he? I, I, no, it he, looked he, a lot like Tim Seeley's he, work. He's, he's always um, been the writer for Hackslash, as far as I know. Uh, it's really? Actually, it's actually a gal who um, who draws Hackslash. Her name escapes me. Matt Kramer will be upset with me. But yeah, <laughs> yes. it's, um, a, a very talented female comic book artist um, is, um, is the... Uh, the person behind uh, Hexlash Visuals. So, wow! You know, if we say Mac, oh, I can't say the name. If we say that name that you just said before one more time, it's like Beetlejuice. He'll appear. He's gonna come He'll get appear. us. Yes, he's gonna. He's gonna come the get candy us. Candyman. Yeah. The thing is, in between, <laughs> is it in between Federico uh, Manfredi is that in between New York, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, and Illinois, he would just appear somewhere in Ohio. <laughs> poor, poor Matt. Then he could do the dance. Like, where the hell is Matt? He'll do the little dance. There you go. Uh, say bye bye, people. It has been fun. If you bye-bye, would people. like, well, yeah, I jumped the gun. If you would like to hear more from Chris Neesman, he's on this thing called The Wrong Comics. Uh, you could check that out. David does a podcast called Marvel Noise. You can find these on iTunes. And this wood guy does some football thing. The football dudes. What's it called? <laughs> football guys. Football guys. Yeah. You can check out Wood and the Football Guys. And me, my sorry ass, is on the forum 24 hours a day. So if and you Twitter. Do, you want. Yeah, and Twitter, too. Vince Bond. Yep. Yep. Vince Bond. A little, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little upset with their Willis McGahee predictions from last week, by the way. Hey, man. Mm, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yep, uh, you know. 
Every man has his own predictions. <laughs> right. I predict the show's going to end very soon. <laughs> All right. So, hey, people, go to the comic book store and buy some comics. And when you're there, pick up Witchblade. Illustrator. Yes. Read Fear Agent or I will punch you. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. Fear Agent and Wood has something he's sure to say. Come on. Deadpool, baby. Make with <laughs> stunned. I'm stunned. I'm all. I. I. My. The goosebumps just raised on my arm because I was just so scared when you said that. And I had no idea. All right, we're out of here. See you next week. Be good to yourselves, Peter, and everybody else. Bye. Do it, honey. Yeah, you twist. Don't you baby, look at baby.